So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley, and I promise you we're going to be bringing it today. The purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your business. Try saying that three times fast. The purpose of this podcast. Wow. That's a doozy. You guys, today we have Cassie Yost. Here's why I'm excited about Cassie. I'm excited because every now and then I like to interview a photographer who is in the trenches. They have not arrived. They are, they're active and they're involved and they are growing. Um, and, and today we have just that, like Cassie found herself in a situation that many of you may have found yourself in or, or currently are in. And that's just where you're really wondering, you're questioning on whether or not this is the right career path. You're stewing it. Like, do you keep moving forward? Do you keep trying to make a go at it as a professional photographer? Cassie found herself in this exact situation a year ago. And uh, and it's a really good conversation to talk to someone who's gone through that and decided, you know, to move forward and then has tried to identify what is it going to take? What's it going to take to actually have this thing work? You know, to identify where you're currently at and where you want to be and how do you close that gap. Like Cassie Yost, she is a full-time photography educator, like a teacher, not like an educator as in like, it, you know, speaking at WPPI or on Creative Live, but like an active photography educator in the public schools while also being a full-time photographer, shooting 20 plus weddings a year. She caught my attention uh, from her growth and her, her disengagement and giving spirit on Instagram. And I'm so excited to have the chance to interview her uh, and bring that conversation to you guys. Before we do that, I want to talk about today's uh, sponsor because today's sponsor is me. You guys, I am going to be giving away a brand new camera. If you've had your your kind of ear to the pavement in regards to what's been happening with all the new camera releases, this month there has been almost, literally every camera company has released a new mirrorless camera. There are mirrorless cameras everywhere now, and it is so exciting, and I am going to be giving one away. I'm going to be giving away a brand new Fuji X-T3. If you guys have followed along my journey over on Instagram, you may know that I 
shoot Fuji, not in like a sponsored professional way. I just happen to be a photographer who happens to have bought a Fuji. But I've shot the last two um, seasons on the X-T2. And now we have the Fuji X-T3, which we're going to be switching over to. I bought an extra one. I've got a brand new Fuji X-T3 to give to one of you guys. And it's so easy to enter. All you have to do is head to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash giveaway. That's sixfigurephotography.com forward slash giveaway. Giveaway. And that's the uh, S-I-X for six. Um, all you got to do is head over there, click a couple check, box, check boxes. It's free. It's easy to enter. And I'm going to be, it's happening. One of you is going to win it. One of you is going to win a brand new X-T3 and I can't wait to see who it is. All right, you guys, make sure you enter the competition. Make sure you enter the giveaway. Now it is time to talk to Cassie Yost. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley here in Columbus, Ohio, and we are bringing it today. The purpose of this podcast, uh, pod, I like that. The purpose of the podcast, it's a little bit of a tongue twister, is to help you grow your business. That's really it. It just comes down to helping you grow your business. And, and sometimes we do this by helping you grow yourself, like grow your relationships uh, and your own personal life. And a lot of other times, it's, it's really diving deep into the inner workings of what makes a great business run. And we're going to be doing that today. We've got Cassie Yost with us. And, and Cassie, we're going to be talking about closing the gap and growing your business from where it is today, where it is right now, and where you want it to be, right? Like, like next month, next year, five years from now, how do you get to that point? Because we see it all around us. We see these other photographers, other businesses who are doing the things that we want to do. And how do we actually get to where they are? We're going to be unpacking that. Um, you guys, Cassie is an active full-time uh, photography teacher, like an actual like teacher, not just like I'm, a, I'm an educator like at like WPPI, but an, an actual like teacher. And she's also a full-time photographer, which is nuts. Like we were talking in the, in the kind of the pre-show here. And I'm like, so you, yeah, you're like, you've got two full-time jobs. She is out in McMinnville, Oregon. She really caught my attention. Uh, on Instagram, on her growth on Instagram, and more importantly, though, her engagement and her giving spirit on Instagram. We're going to talk to Cassie here in just a minute. Before we dive in to today's conversation, uh, I want to talk about today's episode. It's it's sponsored actually by my own seven-day crash course. Uh, I really want to encourage you guys to check this out. This is a free seven-day crash course for the working photographer. Now, I'm personally a wedding photographer, and so it does have a, have a, have a bend in that direction because a lot of the examples are coming from me. But I got to tell you guys, like I poured my heart and soul into these seven days. Like it is honestly like I bust out all the stops to give, 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 give as much value as I possibly could. And I, I promise you, if you check it out, you will be massively uh, thankful that you did. Head to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash start sixfigurephotography.com forward slash start. It's free. It's across seven days and it will blow your mind. I promise you that. I promise you it will blow your mind. All right, you guys, let's dive in and talk to Cassie Yost. Cassie, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Ben? 
Man, I am just kicking it. We just hit this beautiful fall weather in Ohio, which essentially just means that there's a blanket of clouds above and and rain everywhere. Uh, but you know what? I've got a warm coffee in hand and I get to wear a hoodie. And so I am happy. Awesome. So how is like you're you're out in Oregon, is that correct? Yeah, I love it here. How far out from like Portland, Bend? My sister, uh, my sister started her her business in Bend, then she moved to Portland. Where are you at relative to that whole scheme? So I'm about an hour south of Portland and about three hours west of Bend. So I'm kind of central, which is awesome because I get to do the Bend weddings and I get to do the Portland weddings, and we're really close to the coast. So it's a it's a great location. Nice, I love it. So Cassie, catch us up here a little bit on your photography journey, because I know, you know, things got dicey here last year and have taken an amazing turn, but even before all of that, how did you find yourself actually being like a, a, a photography educator within, uh, are you in the public schools or private schools? Public schools. Awesome. Uh, within the public schools. Yeah. So it's a really interesting journey, actually. Um, I started photography in college. I did film photography. And then um, I ended up getting my degree in business. And it's just a really crazy path that I I was on. But photography was always kind of like this constant for me. Um, I wanted to go to art school, but then I thought, oh, that's not really safe. So I got my degree in business because I thought that was a little bit more safe. That was that's what I did. <laughs> right? Oil painting. <laughs> but your yeah, oil, oil paintings painting are right amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. Um, yeah. So I ended up, I worked for Intel, I worked um for Target doing some stuff, and then I hated my life pretty much. And I went back to school to become a teacher because I just love learning constantly and then um teaching what I learned. I just get so excited about things. So I went back to school and then when I became a teacher, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, if you have a business and you're a CTE or a career and technical education teacher, you can also teach whatever industry you're in. And so I'm like, this is so cool because I love photography and I get to teach photography. That's just amazing to me. Um, And so, yeah, so I've just been doing that for five years And I, you know, for the longest time, I didn't really like, um, think that I would make photography a full-time business, but this past year, I just, I fell back in love with it. Um, and we're probably going to talk about it, but, um, I've, I decided I'm not going to let it go. And over the summer, it's just kind of taken off. It's been crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. And I see, you know, what you described there when I asked why you became a teacher, you said, because you love learning, which is kind of the opposite of teaching in a, in a, you know, in a, yeah. in a semantic kind of way. And so, but I love that. And I see so much of that spirit. Uh, and this is again, what originally kind of like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know how you came into the radar, but <laughs> what you've been doing is really working. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you're giving attitude, you're definitely learning. And as you're learning, you're bringing people along for that journey, which is just incredible. At what point did, um, I mean, I guess I want to kind of rewind back to what you just alluded to, uh, earlier in the year where like kind of things came to a head, uh, for you with like the professional photography side of things. Can you kind of, 
break that down a little bit for us. Yeah. So earlier this year, I, um, I was like, you know, I should just give up on making photography business. It should just be a hobby. And when I did that, there was something kind of inside of me that was just like, no, you're not going to do that. And can I, um, can I ask why, why you felt that way to begin with? Was it, was it just, it was like the struggle was real and bookings weren't coming in or, or why did you even begin to feel that? Um, well, it wasn't the bookings cause I knew that like to make any business work, you really just have to put a ton of work into it and it takes a lot of time. So it wasn't necessarily the bookings or anything like that. It was just, I, um, I have a, a family, I have a two year old son and my husband and we're working on, you know, our house and all this stuff. And I was just like, you know, I, f- I get the mom guilt and I'm like, maybe I'm just spending too much time on being a mom or not being a mom, um, teaching and photography. And I'm like, well, something has to go. And I just decided it would have been my photography business. And what's funny is that my husband was like, are you crazy? Like you love this and you make money off of it. Why would you let go of it? And I'm like, you know, you're right. You are right. And I'm one of those Instagram scrollers where I will scroll over people's photographs and I'll drool. And I'm just like, these are so beautiful. And there's always something inside of me that makes me want to create those photos. So I just, I had a lot of conversations with people that are really important to me. And they're like, why would you let that go, Cassie? That is just such a part of you. And um, like, you need to make it work. Like we'll help you make it work. And it was, you know, my family and everything, but it was just those conversations and not, not feeling whole without doing it. Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of listeners who may have found themselves in this particular kind of fork in the road that you found yourself in last year, like where they're looking at their life, they're looking at their business and they're thinking to themselves like, this may be the last month, this may be the last year, I'm not sure if I'm going to continue this thing. You know, from your experience of being in that place, what advice do you have to give that photographer who's listening today and and is facing kind of this similar choice or is feeling that weight and trying to decide what to do? I would not put a ton of pressure on yourself to begin. I I think that people want the instant gratification and they think that you just have to be 100% successful right off the bat. And that's totally not true. I mean, I it took me about four years to kind of build my business to get people to refer me, those kinds of things. And you just need to be okay with the time that it takes. And you also need to be willing to put in the work. Like during the summer, I would spend eight hours a day working on things for my business. Um, And it's because it it meant so much to me. Um, A lot of the time when people don't have bookings coming in, they just kind of sit and try to promote themselves on social media. But the real magic happens when you get out from behind your computer. Um, and just, you got to keep taking photos. You got to, um, develop your skills, become a better photographer. Um, and don't just stay stagnant. That's, that's kind of one of the big things I think. Yeah. I like this. I want to talk more about that stuff, but I like what you just said there. Uh, because it's a little bit of a juxtaposition. There's some contrast and I love it. It's this, it's this combination of giving yourself grace, um, and also taking responsibility. 
it's yeah. it's giving yourself patience and also recognizing that nothing happens unless you put the work in. Absolutely. And, uh, and it's this pull. It's a pull of both ends of the spectrum, but um, but it's so important. Like it's it takes time and it takes work. And you need to give yourself grace, but you also need to take responsibility for when uh, when it doesn't work. Uh, there's really only one person to blame. Yes, absolutely. I definitely take that to heart. Yeah. So then as we're talking about then closing the gap, you know, like identifying, okay, you're sitting there, you know, last year and you've, you've been, you've been at it for a little while. You've been doing the teaching thing. You've been doing photography, but you're like, is this it? And, and like, you look at everyone else, you, you know, around you, how did you then identify, like, uh, what did that look like to identify where you want to be and and how to actually begin to move in that direction once you decided, okay, everyone else around me is saying, Cassie, don't let this go. Let's keep <laughs> moving forward. Where did you even begin at that point? So that's a really good question. Um, I, you know, it started in uh, the beginning of the summer and I was, I was thinking, okay, why am I not getting um, the beautiful ornate weddings at the high end venues, that kind of thing. And I, I didn't believe that it was because I wasn't a qualified photographer, that I wasn't networked or anything like that. Um, I started looking at what I was producing. And when people look at you on the internet, it's kind of like a black hole. And so your first impression is really important. So I saw that other photographers had these beautiful images and I felt, okay, well, my ideal client loves those images and they want their wedding to look like that. So what do I need to do to get those kinds of images on my portfolio? And I, like we said, I'm not going to wait to make that happen. I'm not going to wait for the right couple to come along. So I'm like, I'm just going to make it happen myself. So I, I looked at where I was. I didn't have those high end kind of photographs. And I realized that the gap was between where I am now and those, those photographs. So I looked online in Portland, there's tons of styled shoots and you can go on Facebook and, and join styled shoots groups for your, your city. And I'm like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. And it turned out to be amazing. Not only did I create some really beautiful photographs, um, but I met some amazing vendors. And through that process, I learned other things that I wasn't doing um, through talking to wedding vendors, uh, like wedding planners, other wedding photographers. And those were more gaps that I realized that I needed to fill. And I just wrote down my list and I was like, okay, here's where I want to be. These are the things that I need to do to get to that point, And I just need to start checking them off. And that's kind of so I really like process. this. I get this question a lot of like, Ben, how do I get high-end clients? Like, how do I get someone who's, who's willing to pay, you know, whatever it is, whatever you consider high-end, $5,000, $7,000, $10,000 a wedding. Like, how do I actually begin to attract that? And and it, it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people want to figure out, like, is it, is it uh, you know, what's what's the marketing ad that I produce? What bridal shows do I attend? How, you know, what copywriting, you know, like where are these clients? And I like how you identify first, this is the client that I actually want. Like this is the ideal client. This is what they look like. This is, uh, the venues that they're at. 
And although my current client base looks nothing like this, which very likely, you know, when you're first starting out, none of yours will, how do I actually begin to represent them in my portfolio and in my work? Like, um, and I like that you just created it. You went out and you, you sought it out and you created it. You got it from behind your camera and through the process. Also, my guess is begin to network with, with vendors who also were in a similar vein. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had um, new florists, new um, rental companies, um, new calligraphers, uh, tons of people who just were really talented, but they wanted the opportunity too. And everyone just got together and created a beautiful styled shoot. That's awesome. Um, I want to talk, you know, one of the things that, that you've been doing a, a ton with is your styled sessions and maybe we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit more. Um, but as far as, as this process of like closing the gap, um, is there a good starting point that you'd recommend like a, a thought process for the photographer to take at like looking at where they're currently at and even identifying like, where do they actually want to be and, and where do they go from there? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think that, um, your gear is critical. And for me, I invested heavily into my gear, um, especially this summer, all of the money that I've made for weddings and shoots, I've reinvested back into my business, whether that be in education or my gear or, or styled shoots or whatever it is. But the first thing is definitely my lenses. Um, I am mentoring a photographer now who she takes beautiful images, but she is waiting to make enough money to be able to buy her, you know, 35 millimeter 1.4 and her other lenses that she has on her dream list. And it's really hard to create those beautiful images if your gear is not uh, capable of actually capturing them. So for me, that was my first starting point. Um, four or five years ago when I got my first DSLR, I looked at Jasmine star, her photos were beautiful. And I was like, okay, my camera is not taking those photos. How do I get to that point? And she listed all of the lenses that she shot weddings with. And what I did was I went and I purchased all of those lenses Granted, I was still in school, so I I went onto eBay and bought them, um, which you have to be really careful. Um, But I bought those lenses, and my images' quality jumped dramatically. Um, And education, obviously, knowing uh, who and what to invest your money in is really important. Um, For me, it's been a lot of podcasts. Obviously, I love your podcast. I've learned a lot. I have invested in building my website and my branding, and I don't have time to do that because I want to focus on being a great photographer. So I've paid people to do that. Um, And my background is not necessarily in branding. And the last thing that I did was SEO because my ideal client, they don't search on Facebook typically for a photographer. They will do a Google search or they'll go on to like, hundred layer cake or wedding blogs. So I realized that, you know, I just needed to spend a little bit more time on those areas. And I did it in that order. I did it with my gear, my education. Um, and then I moved on past that once I felt like my images were solid, but if you don't have a solid product to offer your clients, 
then it doesn't matter how much marketing money you spend. No one is going to want to hire you if your your quality isn't up there. Yeah. It's like it's it's your brand. It's a part of your brand. It's like yeah. right there alongside uh, everything else. Um, it's awesome. So then as far as this priority goes, so you're identifying your ideal client, what like uh, – what, who they are, what type of imagery they respond to. Um, you're creating that type of imagery, in, including then uh, getting the proper equipment to do that type of thing. You know, how do you go about doing this though when it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? When you don't have the money uh, to get the good gear, um, but you don't have the clients because you need good gear to get the clients to get the money. Uh, where, like, how do you solve that? So it's really funny, and I don't recommend this to most people, especially if you're in college. But I got <laughs> I got a Best Buy credit card, and I had a couple of friends who wanted me to shoot their weddings, and they were willing to pay me. And so what I did was I put my my lens and my camera on the credit card, and then I paid it off because it is really hard if you don't have any money coming in and it is like the chicken before the egg, then you need to find a way to make it happen. Like there's no, there's no other way. Like you can't just start a business with nothing, right? You have to put some equity and some money into it for it to start. And that's, that's the hard part. If it were easy, everyone would do it. So I took a sacrifice and I opened up a credit card and, uh, and I, was able to pay off that credit card within two weddings. Um, but that's how I did it. And so you might have to find a way, maybe save up money for this with your job, or maybe ask a parent or a sibling or someone. Um, but you really do have to find that cash. Yeah. Uh, I totally get that. And I think it's, I think it's also accurate what you said earlier of like, you don't need the new, 5D Mark IV or whatever it may be. You know, photographers were photographing amazing, beautiful weddings on the Mark II, uh, which you could get, you know, or the or the Mark III even, uh, you know, on eBay. And you don't need the 51.2. Maybe the 51.8 will be just fine. Um, and so even just kind of understanding that that process and knowing where to begin. And also renting. Like renting is a real thing, especially if you can rent a, a camera body. It's an amazing camera body for $100. Go shoot a wedding. Let's say it's your first one or two for $300. Uh, and then reinvest that extra 200 back into your next, you know, into your gear fund. Um, so then, Kissy, it sounds like for you, this notion of closing the gap really had a lot to do with um, getting out from behind your keyboard. It was like getting out and actually shooting. Cause it sounds like it started when you actually got out and, and did these style shoots and met with vendors and built those relationships. And, I, and I guess I, I'm curious, is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I was able to, I, I became really inspired and that gave me a lot of motivation, but I also talked with other wedding vendors and asked them like, what do you do? Like, how are you making this work? Or, um, even if it wasn't that I would say, Hey, you know, I really love, uh, for a florist, for example, I really love what you did. I would be happy to shoot, um, any work that you have for free if you want, or I'd be happy to go in half with you to pay for the florals if you wanted to do a shoot with me. And 
showing that you are invested in other people, like that means a lot to them, especially when it comes to um, helping them with their business. So I really did focus on that. I focused on how I could help other vendors, even though I, you know, I hadn't been in it for 10, 20 years. And that was one of the most important things that I learned um, when I say getting out from behind the keyboard, because I, I think in marketing, there's this like, no, like trust principle. And if people know, like, and trust you, then they're willing to refer you and they're willing to work with you, um, and make awesome things happen. And so I really decided that I need to develop more, um, into those relationships with vendors because they have your ideal client. Um, and they, they can refer you. And so I think that was a really big aha moment for me, especially, um, when I met with a winery in Oregon, I said, Hey, I know that you guys are struggling to get more families out to your, your, your venue. Um, how about this? We cross promote each other on our platforms where I say, I'll give away two or three family sessions if you promote people to come to my page and that's a win-win for both of us. Um, and they were like, this is great. Yeah, let's do it. And so people came out, they got a free wine tasting and then I took their family photos and it's just been a really great relationship because now they want me to be one of their preferred photographers for their new wedding venue. Um, and so you never know where it's going to go. Um, those relationships are really critical, I think, especially for this industry. Um, totally agree. So like, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I see a lot of people talking about all the different, you know, there's like active marketing where you can go out and you can go to a broader show and you can run Facebook ads and you can do these things that get clients in the door for that period of time. But the problem with those is if you stop doing them, it stops. It just stops. Everything stops. It's like literally like a hard stop, not even like a slow transition out. It is just like black and white. You're either in it or you're not in it. And what I love about building relationships with vendors is they, they just are like, they stay like these yeah. vendors. Um, they're in the industry, right? They like, as, as long as they don't go out of business, like they are there. And when you invest and you build into them and it does take time and it's patient and it's slow, but it, it stays with you, right? It just yeah. continues to build and build upon itself. So I totally agree. I think from, as I, as I talk to the community, one thing that I hear a lot though, is that it's hard to even break in to that space, like to get vendors to even entertain doing a style shoot with you or to get a vendor or venue to, to allow you to come to their space. Or, you know, uh, there's, there's countless photographers who are offering style shoots or who are offering free photographs. How do you break in? So that is a really good question because I think a lot of people might go about it the wrong way. You want to approach them. So all they have to do is say yes or no. They don't have to do any work whatsoever. So whenever I reach out to like a venue, for example, or, um, or another vendor, I'll say, here's my mood board. I really love your work. I think that your style would go really great with a styled shoot. Um, I have all of the vendors planned. Here's the list of the other vendors that are, are going to hop on board with this. And all you have to do is say yes or no. And we will send you all the photographs. If there's something specific about your venue or your work, 
that you want us to photograph, please list that. Otherwise, you know, just tell us when it works and it's convenient for you and we'll have everything set up. And, you know, vendors love having photos taken of their work so they can promote themselves. So you need to approach it in a way where you're serving them and you're saying, hey, you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to ask me when, where, why, how. I have it all planned here. So it shows them that you're taking it seriously and you did all the work. They don't have to do anything. Um, it's also important to maybe have a list of vendors that like always work with you and you are, you know that they'll be there. Of course, ask them first. But when you have all those vendors planned, especially if they're vendors that people love, then they're more likely to see you as a professional and they trust you. So it's it's easier for them to say yes. And you want to make sure that it's easier for them to say yes. It sounds like, too, when you were describing this, that, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were sharing the story, you were saying, like, there was, a, you know, a new florist, a new stationary, you know, uh, paper designer. What are those called? Do they oh, have an like official a calligrapher? Name? There you go. Maybe something yeah. like that. Like I always struggle with that one. Like, what do we call these people? Um, a designer. There it is. Uh, yeah. Look, it sounded like that they were also kind of new. Is that accurate? Were you kind of starting off working with um, people who were in a similar stage as you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would see other people in the Portland area using different um, calligrapher or designers and wedding planners. And if I noticed that they might have a smaller following on Instagram or that their, um, their branding wasn't as professional as like a high end, um, person in their field, I, I thought, okay, maybe they are starting out too. So I would reach out to them specifically and say, Hey, you know, I would love to collaborate with you. I, I noticed that you just started your business. So did I, would you be interested in meeting up and talking about a styled shoot? I would love to photograph that for you. And typically they were really open to it because they didn't have anyone to photograph their work. So it did involve a little bit of research, but honestly, if you're on Instagram a lot and you see like within your city, new vendors, um, or use the hashtags to search out like wedding planner or Ohio wedding planner or or Portland wedding planner, um, typically you can find people and you just got to keep asking and make it as easy as possible on them. And eventually you'll, you'll find someone who's willing to do that. Um, but I also used a Facebook group called PDX styled shoots and a lot of new vendors go on those styled shoot Facebook groups. So that's another, another way to find those newer vendors. So, so there's a, there's a good dose of humility that goes with this. I think that for a lot of people, they want to jump right in and go to the top, um, and work with the best, the best. And I understand that. Um, but there's a decent amount of humility. Would you say so? Absolutely. I mean, we're all starting at the same point. And, you know, a lot of these people, if they take it seriously, they are going to go somewhere. And if they know and they like you and they trust you, then they would bring you along with them, especially if you're the first photographer that has given them a chance. Like I'm working with a new wedding planner and she, 
um, hasn't done, she's done two weddings on her own so far. And I'm the first photographer that she's done styled shoots with. And I know she's going to go places. And so I can foresee down three, four years down the road, I might be the, one of the photographers that she always refers people out to. Um, and I know that's like a, it's kind of like a, Oh yeah, later on down the road, um, I'll get paid back. But I, I didn't go into it um, like that. I went into it thinking, you know what? I wish someone would have given me a chance. And I know there, if I'm a new person and I have talent, then there are other people out there who are, are new and have talent and people just don't know who they are yet. So that's kind of the way that I approached it. That's awesome. How has Instagram played its role in regards to growing your business from where uh, you it was and, and where you've identified it needing to be? Because let's be honest, you're on there more than anybody else that I know <laughs> yeah, uh, I love in it. my feed at the very least. You're, yeah. this, is, this is why you're front of mind, actually. How, how important has Instagram been in this process? Well, Instagram is great. Um, for collaboration and working with other vendors. That's primarily what I use it for. I do have some brides that follow me on Instagram, but for the most part, the people who follow me on Instagram are other wedding vendors. Like I rarely have ever had a bride reach out to me because of my Instagram. So I utilize Instagram as a way to collaborate and communicate and teach um, other photographers and other vendors. Um, I also just like to share my life, um, on Instagram and people really respond to that, which is so funny. Um, but it's been a great collaboration tool for me. Honestly, if I showcase really great work on my Instagram feed and I reach out to another vendor, they can just scroll through my Instagram and see, Oh yeah, you know, she does take really good photos. So I would like to work with her. Um, and it's been a great tool for that. I've also used it as an education platform, I did a little workshop with um, new photographers in Portland and I utilize it to like put out a business tip or my favorite um, books or um, maybe a new app. Like I love using Tailwind and I know you talked to Abby from Seven Summers and I have loved Tailwind forever. And so I just talk about how I use Tailwind and it's been a really great platform to reach out to other vendors, uplift the people that I work with and, and kind of just educate people as much as I can. I mean, I'll never go into this thinking that I know everything, but if I learn something cool, I definitely want to share it. So that's, that's how I've utilized Instagram. And it's been crazy, um, how, how much it has been a great tool for me. Um, sometimes Instagram, um, accounts like Junebug Weddings or um, Wild Hearts, Wild Hair, like those wedding Instagram uh, platforms, they sometimes feature your work, which also gets you out there. And so um, that's been really cool to see that happening as well. It's awesome. So you're using Instagram differently than I've seen most people. I see, I usually see it either solely as more of an educational platform or as a personality um, or as, as your, your business for, you know, attracting brides, couples, your clients, but you're using it 
to again, it's it just it lets us go back. Understanding what it's going to take to close the gap is that other people are going to need to be involved. It's it's actually working and networking with other uh, other vendors um, and having those collaborations occur. And so you're using Instagram primarily as a collaboration tool. Yeah, absolutely. It's been amazing. And I see you do it because one of the things that I see you do all the time is just you're continually praising and shouting out and tagging and raving about other vendors. Do you have like a, a, an approach or strategy or thought process behind that, specifically even in regards to stories? Um, so my I, I approach it differently um, in the terms of like I – I just want to be 100% genuine. So kind of like the first thought that I have when I'm scrolling through Instagram, if I see one of my photographer friends uh, post something that's beautiful, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I just say, I'm going to share this because other people need to see how awesome this is. Um, And I'm totally a community over competition person because I've seen it grow my business personally. But um, when it comes to strategy, I, I have a few things. I like to post way more to my Instagram stories than to my actual feed, because I feel like people attach themselves more to your personality than just, you know, pretty pictures. So stories allows me to do that. Um, I try to make my stories. Let's let's stop there for a second. Hold on one second. I want to pause there. So like, what does that actually look like? Is that like you post once a week in your feed and you post five times a day in stories? Is it, what's your, what's your balance with that? Um, so I, I know that people have this like thing and they're like, I just need to do the algorithm. But honestly, I feel like we're human beings. And if I get something, if I get excited about something five times a day, I'm going to post five times a day. Um, if I don't have anything to post, then I'm, I'm not, I try to post a few times a day just to like, you know, keep people current. Um, because people do like knowing real quick, I need more, I need a little bit more clarity. And I think our audience does too, because yeah. you'll post two times a day if you get excited. Be more specific. You'll okay. you'll post a story or an actual post in the feed. So um, I, like I said, I use Tailwind and Tailwind just automatically posts three times a day for me um, for the best time slots. So for my feed, it's about three times a day. And they they post during the times of the day that most people are on Instagram to get the best reach. And then for my stories, I will post um, maybe once, maybe four or five times, depending on like what I'm thinking about or what's going on. Um, so stories, it varies a lot, but I do try to post a stories a couple times of during the day, just so you know it's kind of like a little check in, like, hey, how's your day going? Or this is what I got excited about. Or hey, here's this new tip that I learned. Um, today when I was listening to an audiobook, Um, so it really, the, the stories varies a lot depending on, um, what's going on in my day. And I don't want to just post to stories, um, just to post. I want it to be something meaningful for, for people. I like how you're like, stories are more important than the feed. I don't really post the feed, you know, as the priority, and then you're posting the three times a day. <laughs> like to me, that's a, that's a lot. That's like, wow, you're managing to post three times a day into your regular feed. <laughs> but I'm Jesus. not even doing it. Like I, I uploaded all of my stuff from my computer to Tailwind and I, I will schedule out an entire like three weeks of posts within an hour. 
and I'm not doing the posting. It automatically posts for me. And it's just amazing. So I, I, my feed is updated, but what I really focus on is making my stories, um, really personalized and authentic and real. That's nice. So, um, is, is captioning something that you don't, you don't pay too much attention to then? Cause even as you say, you know, three weeks, that's okay. So three posts a day across three weeks. I look, the post part's easy. Let's be real as photographers. That's easy. It's like all the captioning. Is that something that you don't really prioritize and you try to build those relationships more so with your vendors in the stories? I am going to tell you, I pretty much don't have a life. So on Sundays, what I do is I will spend a couple hours and I will just think about those, those captions. And I do want it to be something thoughtful and meaningful or maybe just funny. Uh, but I want it to be like uh, a real caption and it doesn't have to be this like, you know, beautiful quote that is going to move you to tears. But I, sometimes I just post something that's funny that happened during that session. Um, but I want it to be real. I don't want it to ever be, um, like fake or I don't have meaning behind it. So it does, it does actually take me some time to schedule that out, but then I don't have to think about it for the next few weeks. So I do spend quite a bit of time thinking about that. Um, and just like Abby said, you know, you, you do have to spend some time on this. Um, although she does more Pinterest, but once you spend the time on it and you're in the zone, it goes real fast and then you don't have to think about it again for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. I really need to get on this whole tailwind thing. Um, yeah, absolutely need to do that. Um, so, so as far as, as where things are currently at, I mean, like how often are you reevaluating? Okay. So I hit this check mark. I hit this benchmark in my business. Are you setting more like really lofty, big picture, high dream goals? I want to be shooting, you know, destination weddings at $10,000 a wedding, big dreams, or is it more so, um, closing the gap in smaller ways, almost like when you first start out, like, Hey, Jasmine Starr is making these pretty pictures. How is she making these pretty pictures? Here's the gear that she has. I need to go get the gear next gap that I need to close. Is it, is it smaller or is it bigger? Um, I have two, I have the small ones like right now on my website, for some reason, uh, like some pictures aren't popping up on my blog and I just, I need to figure that out. Um, and so those are small things. Um, also like little, little tweaks here and there to make my SEO better. Those kinds of things I definitely have on my list, but I also have a big, um, list of things for closing the gap. Like I really want to do elopements, beautiful elopements on like the top of mountains. Like that's just a goal of mine. And so I'm working on that. Another one would be destination weddings. Uh, my best friend's getting married in the Caribbean in March and I'm going to photograph that. So that will be a good way for me to showcase destination weddings. But I definitely have like two kind of uh, closing the gap lists going at once. And I just figure out like, what do I need to do to make those happen? One thing that was um, recent for me, like a smaller kind of closing the gap was um, my editing style. It wasn't consistent, especially for Instagram. And I know that when people come to your Instagram or your page or whatever it is, your portfolio, 
If you have one editing style and then you go to another one, like dark and moody, bright and airy, vibrant, and it's all over the place, then people can't really, or clients, I don't think they can trust that you will deliver something consistent to them. So over the summer, one of my things was I just need to have consistency in my editing style. And that was brutal. Like it, it's painful to figure that out, honestly. Um, but I spent a lot of time on that. And so there are these things um, that you have to do. And for me, especially with the editing style, I had to like list out all of the different lighting scenarios, like hazy, um, backlit, foggy, direct sun. And I had to have an example photo for each one of those and try and edit each one. So they all had the same like consistent look. And I just saved all those presets. And so it was just, um, it was a lot of uh, little things, but I also have my eyes set on, set on those bigger, um, bigger things like destination weddings for sure. Sure. That takes a lot of self-awareness, you know, like I think this whole concept, uh, you know, of actually moving from where you are to where you want to be just takes an incredible degree of, of self-awareness. Um, and I, being able to identify those things, I think, you know, you don't know what you don't know. I think a lot of people, um, they don't know what they need to do to get to that point. Um, and I imagine you didn't always know what it took to get there either, and so do you have any resources in terms of like, you know, was it just listening to podcasts that really help open your eyes? Is there any, was it audiobooks? Like at what point did you invest in yourself in a way that uh, made, made these uh, things become more evident? Because look, the things that you needed to do, well, there's probably some universal truths. Like I think it's good to get out from behind your computer and network with other vendors. I think that's, a, that's, that's a yes, that's going to work. I think somebody else may just have a real shit logo and they need to like get that thing changed. Yeah. Um, like how, how do you have any recommendations for, Absolutely. um, yeah, for, for where to begin? Yeah. So one of the things that I say to people when they ask me, um, I have a couple of photographers that I'm mentoring and one of the things that, one of the examples that I have is say you're stuck in your editing style and you really admire a photographer. Like right now I'm in love with Don Charles and she's a photographer in Bend. And I'm like, how do I get my editing style to be similar to hers? Like, I love how her greens look and her oranges look. And so what I did was I just put one of my photos in a similar lighting situation next to hers. And I looked at everything. I looked at the colors. I looked at the light, um, the color of the skin tones, and I listed all of those details out. So when it comes to where you are and where you want to be, because it is different for everyone, I would just make a T chart <laughs> or however you want to do it and have you on the left-hand side, if it's your logo and your logo is crappy, then maybe pull up some example logos that you really love and have it right next to yours and say, hey, how do I get from here to here? And that would probably include paying for a graphic designer or paying for someone to rebuild your website. Um, but it really is making it super clear where you have whatever it is you want to change on the left side. And then on the right side, what your screen, your computer, like piece of paper, I don't care what it is. And you just need to put side by side those things and say, what about me and what about them is different? 
and list those differences. Like why, why do you like that logo or what do you um, admire about their website or that person's photos? And once you list them and you're not in your head anymore, then you can say, Oh, okay, here's this list that I just made. There's where I can start. And that's totally like, it seems so simple and so easy. But when I started doing that and when my friends started doing that, they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I really need to focus on this. And that's been like the best, like first step, especially when you're looking internally at what you want to change. Um, but other things like I have a list of resources that I love and I can give that link to you and you can share it with people. Um, but I share this with everyone, like my favorite audiobooks, my favorite apps, my, um, favorite podcasts, like everything that has helped me change my business and also change my perspective on my business. Um, because if you have this mindset that like nothing is going to change, um, you're just going to do the same thing over and over again, then your business isn't going to grow and you're not going to become better. So I do, I definitely have a list of like, it's a huge list of recommended, um, resources that have helped me, um, including SEO and, um, just education in general, getting your finances in order, um, your design, your website, just all of that stuff. And it's a good starting point because a lot of the time people just don't know where to look. And so that's why I put the list together, especially for um, people that ask me and anyone that I'm mentoring because it it is hard. It's really hard um, to think about that. But if it's something as simple as your logo, like you said, then just have your logo on one side and have an example logo on the other side and just think about like, okay, what do I need to do to get to that point? Make that list and look for people who can help you to get um, to where you want to be. That's awesome. Cassie, I really appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing where you're at. It's fun to see the, like uh, the process, you know, it's fun to see actually someone who's, who's still working it out, who's in the process, who's in the thick of it, um, and making really great progress and, and being super active in it. Like I see, uh, I see it like, it's just really cool. Um, it's really cool to kind of witness, um, Cassie, where can people see it as well? Where can people find you, take a look at what you're up to online and continue to track on your journey? Oh, thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, Cassie Yost Photo. It's C-A-S-I. My mom decided to be unique and spell my name, C-A-S-I. Y-O-S-T Photo. So Cassie Yost Photo. And then my website, CassieYost.com. I have a little section there for photographers. And it just lists like my favorite gear, my resources, Um, all that stuff. And um, those are the two main places that I live. Awesome. That's great. And we'll make sure to get the resources down in the show notes for everyone as well. Cassie, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me, Ben. It's been a blast. Podcast listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, for lending an ear uh, and spending time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure that you head over uh, to enter a chance to win that brand new Fuji X-T3 mirrorless camera. Just head to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash giveaway. Again, that's sixfigurephotography.com forward slash giveaway because one of you is going to win. I just need you to understand that. One of you is going to win a brand new camera. 
uh, and you just got to enter. That's it. It's as easy to do. All you got to do is enter. Entering super easy. All you got to do is like subscribe to the podcast, like follow me on, on Instagram, um, check out my YouTube channel. Like it's so easy and it's stuff that you're already going to want to do because I've got value to give you. Thank you so much again for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Thanks everyone. 